Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless, are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Thank you, Dave. Continuing chronologically through the entire Bible, Solomon wrote but did not include this section of Proverbs. Proverbs 28, we started the verse last Sunday morning. Verse 10, Whoso causeth the righteous to go astray in an evil way, he shall fall himself into his own pit. And we showed that ultimately that's going to happen with Satan himself, but it does happen with it, it along other levels as well. Continuing this week, But the upright shall have good things in possession. The upright shall have good things in in possession. If we act right, God will bless, right? Three years ago, I stopped watching the news. Six months ago, I stopped watching Christian television to shut it all down. Because that's all they teach. Success evangelism. It's all they teach. God wants you wealthy. God wants you to be able to enjoy life on this world. And this is one of the verses they use. The upright shall have good things in possession. There's a difference between a proverb and a promise. We must remember that. Proverbs are not promises. Proverbs are how things usually work even among the unsaved. Very important we remember that. If Jesus didn't have something, good things in possession, why would we think we have earned it? <laughs> Jesus always, 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 every single time must be the example in all of our doctrine. If we teach something that Jesus didn't live, we're teaching it wrong, straight up. Jesus is the fulfillment of of the Old Testament. Therefore, he had to follow it, live it perfectly, and I submit to you, he did. So what does it mean, the upright shall have good things in possession? Typically, if you act right, you're going to have more stuff than people that don't act right. It's very, very simple. A lot of people think that poverty causes crime. I submit to you, it's the exact opposite. Crime causes poverty. True. The government, the last time I checked was a couple of years ago, but our government has spent $3 trillion, $3 trillion on the war against poverty. Made no effect whatsoever. It's not a problem with how much people have, it's a problem with the heart. Yep. It's a problem with being content. And it happens in the lives of Christians as well. But to take this verse and say that if you're living right, the Bible says you're going to have good things in possession. All right, so where was Jesus's? Yep. Jesus didn't have a place to lay his head. Now, they're so into this teaching that they try to twist and say that Jesus was, in fact, wealthy. Now, how in the world can they come up with Jesus was, in fact, wealthy? First of all, they say that the Magi brought enough gold to last Jesus' entire lifetime, so he had money. Secondly, they say that they parted his garment because it was a valuable garment. And I submit to you, both of those are wrong assumptions. 
The son of man hath not place to lay his head. If you got money, you got lots of places to lay your head. Verse number 11. The rich man is wise in his own conceit because of his success, and that's the reason why he thinks that he has it right. Because of his success, God must be pleased with him. And a lot of times, we think the exact same way, except we do it in the opposite. Because of my lack of success, I must be doing something wrong. In my daily Bible reading, I'm in Job. I read chronologically, and we're in Job. And Job is dealing with this issue straight head on. Why is this happening to me? He's begging God to give him an audience just so he can understand why it's happening to him. The rich man thought, hey, I'm doing good because I've got it. The poor man thinks I must be doing something wrong because I don't got it. And I submit to you, neither one of them is right. God will bless for one reason and one reason only, and it is not reward. Okay? Why does God bless? God blesses to equip us to do what he wants us to do. If I don't need something for his work, why in the world would he give it to me? Because it's likely to spoil me. It's likely to take my eyes off of him. And that does happen a lot of times. I submit to you, a lot of times God gives things just to show us how evil we are on the inside. But this idea that um, being godly equals reward, thats you can't find that in Scripture. You find blessing. Blessing is to cause to prosper. Blessing does not mean you got stuff. But the poor man that hath understanding searcheth him out. This is very, very, very important. The poor man that hath understanding searcheth him out. Folks, he gives it a think. The poor man gives it a think. The poor man doesn't automatically assume anything. Why? Because the poor man understands he needs God on his side or else he's not going to have what he needs. The poor people typically are more godly than rich people. It's been true throughout history because poor people don't have the backup resources in case God doesn't show up. The poor man gives it a think. He says, why is he, why is he doing good? Where in the scripture do we see other people doing good? Were they godly or were they not? Where in the scripture do we see other people doing bad? Were they godly or were they not? The poor man understandeth, or they searcheth him out. When things in life don't make sense, go to God's word. Don't go to Facebook. Every week, I find another reason to hate Facebook and I'm not anywhere near it. I am nowhere near it. Last week, you're going to love this. Last week, there was a murder 50 feet behind my house. And I live within five miles of Disney. As soon as the shot was fired, Facebook lit up with what it was. And I'm telling you, they started yelling, that's not what it is, that's not, it's this, it is this. And Michelle's just going nuts. It's like, they're saying it's this because it's 50 feet behind our house. What should, should we hide? I'm like, why? But it's right there. It's like, so? You know what? If, if it wasn't for Facebook, well, and the fact that there was lots of cops, but if it wasn't for Facebook and the cops, I wouldn't know what happened, okay? That's why we have a God. God has everything completely under control. This past week, I discovered something that 
that I've always known, but I didn't see it this way. We hear people say God is in control. God is in control. If God is in control, we don't need to worry, right? In my mind, God is in control in that people are going to do what they want to do, but God's going to stop them at a certain point. That's not how he's in control, not according to Scripture. God is actually keeping the bodies together. I wrote in my daily log, which has all the stuff I'm supposed to do for the day, God is controlling today. That's powerful. God is controlling today. When I get stressed, it's because God is controlling it, so relax and do what he says. When things are happening that doesn't make sense, relax. God is controlling it. It's not just a matter of eventually God's going to put a stop to it, and a lot of people think that God's going to really intervene at the tribulation period, and that's at the end of the tribulation period, and that's just... That's not what Scripture teaches. Scripture teaches God is active in every aspect of our life. The poor man, the poor that hath understanding, searcheth him out. Don't look at Scripture as a chore. Don't look at Scripture as even an act of obedience. Look at Scripture as a potential answer to our existing problem. And you'll be shocked when God starts revealing those answers. Come on in, Terry. There's a difference between being godly and receiving mercy. This is also important. Okay? Sometimes they look the same. There's a difference between being godly and receiving mercy. Sometimes they look the same. Why? Because we assume success equals godliness. Not true absolutely not true again we have to look at the life of jesus and compare what's going on to his life in order to come up with that 12 when righteous men do rejoice there is great glory righteous is seeking jesus very important when people that seek jesus rejoice there is great glory does that make sense sure it does Circumstances, though, can be negative, and those seeking Jesus can still be encouraged. Yep. Circumstances can be negative, and people seeking Jesus can still be encouraged because they have his word to reveal the bigger picture. We don't have to know specifically what's going on right now, but if I search Scripture and I understand my relationship to my Heavenly Father, I can relax even if the, everything's is collapsing all around me. Is it easy? No, it's not easy. But if we don't try, we'll never get good at it. If we don't try, we will never get good at it. When the wicked rise, a man is hidden. Those who don't seek Jesus bring trouble. Do they not? This is not saved and lost. This is people seeking Jesus and not seeking Jesus. I've been around churches my whole life, and it's easy to spot people that do not live what they believe. They can talk it, but they can't walk it. And those people almost always get in the way of what's going on. And by the way, from time to time, I've been one of those people. I would get in the way because I was... I wanted what I wanted. I thought that the church ought to do what I think the church ought to do. I think that that particular person should be put in their place and, and stop talking. Wait a second. If God is in control, what makes me think that God's not doing the right thing in that person's life? 
if God loves me enough to send his son for me and won't hold back anything that's good for me, why would I think I've got to change anything? If God is in control, I can rejoice just because God is in control. When the wicked rise, people that don't seek Jesus, man is hidden. Studying history makes this easy to see. Even in America, certain areas, Christians have to watch what they say. Here, not so much, because there's a, I think there's a lot of Christians in this area. In Orlando, you better be careful. <laughs> Orlando loves the gay agenda. They love it. Gay pride parade, they got the whole thing. You've got to be careful what you say in Orlando. And quite frankly, I would not want to pastor a church in Orlando. Those pastors have to be very careful what they preach, or else it'll be in the news. They'll be getting death threats. Mm -hmm. You say, well, they, they, should, they should be bold. It's easy to say what they should when you don't experience the threats that's being put on them. But imagine what it's like in other countries. Okay? When the wicked rise, a man is hidden. When government does not seek God, it causes problems. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Again, justice, not, justice does not always happen immediately, but sometimes it does. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper. For teenage boys, this is terrifying because eventually you're going to get caught doing something. Teenage boys, girls maybe, I don't know, I don't have experience being a teenage girl, but being a teenage boy, you're always terrified that your, 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 your dad's going to find something out. I'll never, ever forget. I've told this story here before. I'll never, ever forget something that happened in junior high school, Christian high school. I'm not going to tell you what it was. I've already told you, and you should remember. If not, too bad. <coughs> when this happened, Dad's car showed up in the parking lot. I thought not only was I going to get kicked out of school, I thought I was going to get killed that same day. You terrified, just absolutely terrified. Why? He that covered the sin shall not prosper. Dad had no idea. At least he told me why he was there. He had nothing to. Had no idea exactly. Do you remember what it was that I was doing that day when you showed? You don't even remember the day, do you? Thank the Lord. I don't. Ever, I'm never going to tell you. Never going to tell you. He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Another very, very important verse. Confesseth and forsaketh. Confesseth and forsaketh. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Where's the forsaking at? This is talking about something else. It's not the same thing. Confessing our sins is admitting before God what I did was wrong. Okay? But if I keep doing it, eventually I'm going to get caught because God's going to have enough of it. Discipline is going to come. Whoso confesseth and forsaketh them, changes what he does, that's where the mercy is going to come from. We don't want to forsake. Which, by the way, repent's the same thing. Repent just means to turn. We don't want to stop the sin. We just want to wipe our feet and keep doing that. 
Consequences do not get taken away from confession. Consequences can get taken away by repentance and, and uh, forsaking. But then again, there have been people who did one sin one time and it ruined the rest of their life. It does happen. We receive mercy so often, though, that we rarely think about this. We can't just wipe our feet and expect consequences to vanish. Their consequences are there on purpose. 14. Happy is the man that feareth always. Don't answer, Wade. Don't answer. Some of y'all might know this one. For those that don't know this one, please don't answer out loud. If he is free, how is he happy? If he is afraid, how is he happy? Happy is the man that feareth always. Seems like a contradiction, doesn't it? Last Sunday night, there was a lady at Park Ridge that asked a question, and it was on something similar to this where the King James seemed to contradict itself right there in front of her. And she said, what about this well one of the other ladies said well everybody knows what that is and she explained it i said listen i said not everybody knows everything that's why we go to church to teach each other things i began to explain to her what actually was going on okay never be afraid never be afraid this verse is not telling us to always be afraid it's telling us to never be afraid it's talk telling us to always fear Fear is respect for authority. That's what, what feareth means. Respect for authority at all levels. Again, Proverbs is not just how Christians get it, how everybody gets as a trend, usually. Solomon is looking at tr trends in life. Scripture. If a man respects Scripture saved or not, he will tend to have more success for the person who doesn't respect Scripture, saved or not. Proverbs, particularly, if we will do what the Proverbs say, we will tend to experience more success in life than those that don't, even if we're unsaved and they are saved. Um, we've talked about this many, many times. These the, uh, the uh, motivational speakers, they love the Proverbs. They won't ever give credit to Solomon but they will teach the principle taught in Proverbs saying, if you do this, you'll have success. And it works. It works. Because the Proverbs do, in fact, work, saved or not. By the way, scripture, authority for Scripture, respect for Scripture is not respect for God in whatever way we see Him. I started to put respect for God. I changed it. Because when you use the word God today, there's no telling what the person is going to hear. There's absolutely no telling. Even in the same church, people, they see what they see, they hear what they hear, but ultimately they experience what they experience. And that typically, it, it, typically not always, but typically their experience is what they build their theology around. Well, that's the way it's always been, so therefore that must be the way God is. Okay, Job's three friends made this Prop this this uh, mistake. I've always seen this, so this must be the way God is. God chastised him for it. He said, no, no, you didn't talk about me right. 
We must seek God as He is truly. That does not mean sincerity. Sincerity will get you to hell. And I'll tell you how I know. Okay? The Canaanites were sincere. God commanded them all to be killed. Every one of them. They were sincere. I showed that when uh, Joshua built the gold calf. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I showed it. He said, this is the Lord. And they were sincere. Aaron? Aaron, that one too. Both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here because you know when to, it's important. I would, I would trade you for nothing in the world. They said, this is the Lord. This is not an idol. It, it, it implied this is who you couldn't see before. Sincerity will get us nowhere. Muslims are sincere. How do you know if a Muslim is sincere? Does he blow himself up? Okay. In Islam, you know this. You've been taught this a lot. In Islam, the only way to guarantee that you're going to make it to heaven is to die in, uh, what's the, the word? Killing infidels. Killing infidels. That's, you have to die killing infidels. That's the only way to get make sure you're going to get in. You can be the best Muslim, and Allah can still say, nah, I don't think so. You may be having a bad day, and you go to hell. Okay? Right. There is no security in Islam unless you die doing it, and that's why these people have no problem dying. Okay? Life in this world for them sucks. It's like, why in the world would I not do something to make my life better if, if after I do it, I'm guaranteed a place in heaven with 72 virgins? Okay? They still believe that. I don't know where they're going to get them from. But... Um, um, it's amazing how sincere these people are. We have to find out who God is. And a lot of us don't go beyond the fact that mom believed it, so I believe it. Very dangerous way to set up your theology. If mom believed it, and his mom believed something different, and we both believe what our mothers believe, trusting in our mothers, guess what? One of us is wrong, maybe both of us. Forget what mom believed, was she sincere? Of course she was sincere. She wouldn't teach you as her child something she didn't sincerely believe. So how can we tell who God really is? Get this question so often. How can I tell who God really is? Well, you go to the Bible, right? Muslims say no. Mormons say no. Jehovah's Witnesses say no. No, the Bible is the wrong place to go. What are those groups saying? Jehovah's Witnesses say go to our version of the Bible. Mormons say go to the Book of Mormon. Muslims say go to the Koran. So who am, who am I to say that any one of those three books are wrong? It's sincere. They got teachers. You said something last Sunday that really made a lot of sense. Dad has always taught what he believes. He still preaches exactly the same way that he's always preached. And it's all, I've heard him say it many times, he's, he's always been amazed by people who would leave a church that teaches what we teach and go to a church that teaches the exact opposite. 
just how could they do it? They've been taught truth and they still just turn their back on it. The answer is always the same. They go there for the people, not for the doctrine. If that other church has got a pastor that supposedly knows as much as he does, then I could listen to that pastor and ignore that one. Okay? It's got to be more than what any human being does. So how do I know if God is to be, be found in the Bible or to be found um, uh, in the Quran or to be found in nature? How do I know that? First thing, and if this assumption is wrong, the rest of it falls apart, but to me it only makes sense. If I'm God and I'm going to create anything, which they all say he did, I'm going to expect something from what I create, which they all say. All of them say that God made it happen and God expects certain things from us, every single one of them. This next assumption has to be, if he communicated what he expected, what he communicated has to be true. If what he communicates about what he expects is inaccurate in any way, I can totally ignore everything that thing says, completely. There's only one book in all of history that cannot be proven wrong in that scripture. People have been trying, 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 trying. Yeah. They can't do it. Yeah. They cannot do it. One of the reasons why I decided on this series is so that I, could ha I would be forced to hit every single one of these things and try to figure it out. And so far, there's only been one that we were not successful in coming to an answer. We did come to a hypothesis. We just couldn't prove it. Does anybody remember where that's at? It actually goes back to... Um, um, back to this, um, Abraham's first son. Ishmael. Jacob's first son. Esau. No, this is Jacob. Esau was Jacob's brother. Who was Jacob's first son? The 12 tribes, who was the first one? Oh, Reuben. I can't remember. Anyway, in Scripture, there's a whole guy with the same name as another guy. As you go through the lists, there's a lot of the same names in their lists. But they fall in different order, and there's some in that list that are not in this list. Uh, I can't remember what his name. I wish I'd have thought of it, but it's one of the twelve, one of the twelve patriarchs. And I, I titled the message "The Other Whoever This Is," and I showed how that they could not be the same. It's one of the biggest um, proofs that the Bible's inaccurate that the, the non-believers use, is because it's like, hey, this list doesn't match that list. It has to be wrong. It's not the case at all if there are two guys that live very close at the same time, which, by the way, there's always two guys with very similar names living at the same time. It happens all, all over the place. Very similar ancestors, easy, not hard to do. We just assume the Bible must be wrong. But can we prove it? No, there's no way to prove it because there's no history other than the Bible. That one issue, just that one issue, is all we have not been able to work through with study. On the other hand, study the Quran. Study the Book of Mormon. 
Study even the, uh, the Jehovah's Witness Bible. It won't take you 20 minutes you'll find a contradiction. They're, they're that full of them. Well, you've got to have faith. Okay? Faith in the wrong thing will get you to hell. Again, the Canaanites had faith. The Canaanites were devoted to what they thought was God. In fact, you know what the name, um, uh, what's the God of Canaan? Um, Baal. Baal. You know what the name Baal means? It just means Lord. It all means Lord. So when we pray to the Lord, they're praying to Baal, which they're saying, dear Lord. They're saying, God, whoever you are. And they're sincere. And the real God said, Aaron, go kill them all, including the kids. That was real controversy at Park Ridge as well. It's like, why in the world would God kill innocent babies? How would you answer that? Because you should know. You should know how to answer that. Why would God kill innocent babies? This is the main reason why people today won't believe in any God because whoever He is lets all these bad things happen. Therefore, there cannot be a God. Why would God, whoever He is, kill innocent babies? Very simple. When we understand the consequence of sin and what God expects, we recognize that anything short of hell is a gift. Add to that the age of accountability. When a kid doesn't understand right from wrong, he dies, where does he go? He goes to heaven. I submit to you, killing a kid that would not ever get saved is a gift because they get heaven by default. Okay? If they were allowed to grow up, they'd go to hell because what they believe is wrong. So I submit to you, all these bad things that happen to kids, most of the time it's a gift. We just don't understand it. Respect for all authority at all levels, Scripture, not God as we see Him. By the way, it is Reuben. Reuben, that's the one. Yeah. That's right. Okay. I think I called it the other Reuben. No, it's Judah. Judah's the one that I, the, the other Judah. Thank you for that, because it spurred my mind. The other Judah, there's two Judas in Scripture. Their their um, lineages are very similar but very different. And the most common answer to the other Judah is that, well, the Bible it wasn't preserved. So I'd never accept that. God said, my word shall last. God preserved his Bible exactly like he wanted it to. And I submit to you a better answer and a more accurate answer is there's two Judas. Back to this. Police. Happy is the man that feareth, respecteth the police. What if the cops are bad? What if the cops are corrupt? What if you grew up in Jerusalem with Jesus and the Roman soldiers, who were the cops, could demand anything from you? What did Jesus say? Turn the other cheek. If he asked for your coat, give him your shirt also. Respect for the police always, always, always is better than lack of respect for the police. Is it always going to work? No, but the Proverbs don't always work. It's how things usually work, even among the unsaved. Another group of people, the supervisor at work. There are some people that say, my job says I do this, and that's not what my job says, and so you better not say nothing to me, or else I'm going to resist. I'm going to go to um, HR. I'm going to complain about you. I told my boss on her first day. I said, I'll do whatever you tell me to do, even including washing your car. 
Okay, that's respect for your supervisor. Would she ask me to do it? No. In fact, she won't ask me to do anything that she doesn't need because she respects me. Feareth always, respects always. That is always going to pay off in the long run better than fighting the system. Another one, parents. So many teenagers can't get along with their parents. I've never asked you this, but did we butt heads when I was a teenager? Did we butt heads when I was a teenager? Did I cause you a problem as a teenager? Just say no. <laughs> if, 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 if I had, he would have said something. Guaranteed, because he would have remembered that. I can't remember ever causing my parents a problem. Did I get spanking? Sure. Did I get in trouble? Sure. But to, to just be absolutely a terror? I don't think that I ever was. It didn't occur to me that that was a safe way to live. But nowadays, there are kids that absolutely will just demolish their parents verbally, physically, knowing that if the parent does anything back, it's evidence against the parent. It is, it's absolutely destructive what we have done to the family in our, in our day and age. You say, well, at least they respect the teachers. No, it's even worse with the teachers. Oh, yeah. it's, it's a mess. But respecting our parents will bring happiness more often than not respecting our parents. And I submit to you that never stops. That's not just till 18, that's respecting your parents as long as they live. I don't have to obey him. I do have to respect him. Our spouse, whoa, 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 whoa. Our spouse, believe it or not, non-Christians are better at this than Christians are. Non-Christians are better at one spouse respecting the other than non-Christians are. Why is that? Because Scripture says that the man's the head of the house, and people who are not Christians, they hate that Scripture. People who are Christians do the best they can to explain it away. It's 50-50. You can't find 50-50 in Scripture. In fact, when we get into Ecclesiastes, I'm going to come up with a verse that's going to be the most offensive verse you ever heard. It has to do with women. There are men, Christian men, pastors, that are absolutely abusive to their wife because they're the head of the house. Dad's afraid to do that, and I don't blame him. <laughs> Happy is the man that feareth or respecteth alway, but he that hardeneth his heart shall fall into mischief. What is to, to harden your heart? Hardening your heart is just like getting a callus on your skin. You get it to where it doesn't bother you to resist. If there is a right way, and according to Scripture, there's always a right way, particularly for a Christian. Christians always have a path that God wants them to go down. Christians have, always have a path that God is leading them on. If there is a right way, every other way will eventually fail. It doesn't make a whole lot, that's not hard to figure that out. If there's a right way, every other way will fail. If I've got to go north to get home this afternoon, but I go west, I go east, I go south, or even if I go diagonally, I'm not going to make it to the house. There is a right way to go there. Every other way will fail. I'm not supposed to enjoy it when they fail, though. Every Sunday, I took a picture of this 
because I, I thought I'm going to show them that but I was enjoying the picture too much and I know it's wrong to enjoy what goes on with people who it's called instant karma man I love instant karma but we're not supposed to we're not supposed to enjoy when our enemy falls into the trap because God may say well now I'm going to give it to you too but man every single Sunday about three miles before 27 on I-4 the traffic becomes a parking lot every single Sunday for all the Disney people if there's no traffic I can drive that in about five minutes but it usually takes us 30 minutes to get through this section of the road there is always always people running down the sick lane at 60 miles an hour wide open just passing everybody makes me so angry because it's like they're not waiting their turn <coughs> three times now we've seen them get lit up and boy it feels so good it feels so good but i'm not supposed to enjoy it so i'm glad i don't get to see it most of the time he that hardeneth heart shall fall into mischief People who will not respect authority, they will fall into problems. Again, not always in front of our eyes. In fact, most often not in front of our eyes, but I think that's a gift. Let's do one more. As a roaring lion and a raging bear is a wicked ruler over the poor people. Wicked rulers simply don't seek Jesus. That's all that makes them wicked, and America is packed full of wicked rulers. Even the ones that seek Jesus don't seek Jesus. <clears throat> they have no reason to be kind if they're not seeking Jesus. Think about that. A leader who wants what he wants and has the power to get it by doing whatever it is that he thinks is the right thing to do, why would he be kind? There's no reason. Most leaders are not kind. Most leaders are liars. And it's so easy to spot them because, particularly now with the internet, we can actually pull up when they said something, what they said. We can see it on YouTube. You said this, but you did this. And they'll just talk their way through it. Why would they keep their word? There's no reason to keep their word if what their, their goal is, is to get something accomplished. However, a leader that seeks the Lord, and I, Daniel Webster in the state of Florida, he's one of them. If a leader seeks the Lord, there will be evidence of this. People relaxing around him, not being around a lion or a bear. Daniel Webster is a Christian. He's a Baptist in Central Florida. Um, very, very strong Christian. Has prayer meetings in um, uh, Washington. Uh, he's a, a national uh, representative. When he runs for election, always, always his opponent goes after him. Daniel Webster's wrong for this and wrong for this. What you will never have is a negative ad by Daniel Webster. He won't do it. He says, if I lose, I lose. But I will not do it. Why? Because Scripture says I've got to do this. 
you'll not find anything on tape where he's lied. He can't do it because of Scripture. But most people seeking elected office, they are not seeking God. That being said, stop expecting them to. They're not going to. They're not. What can we do to change them? Only one thing, and that's pray. The Holy Spirit can change them. Proverbs 21, 1, uh, the king's heart is of the hand of the Lord as a river of water. He turns it any way he wants, even to not being wicked. Yep, that's it. Father, thank you so much for Proverbs again. Thank you that um, you will guide us. You will teach us if we will simply follow. Help us not to deceive ourselves. Help us not to be uh, thinking that if I'm a good boy, my life's going to be good. Help us not to think that if other people are going through problems, that their life must not be good. Help us simply to seek you. Help us to simply seek you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. <clears throat>